Beginning Route. Hello, everybody. I am Dennis, and that is Justin. Hey, guys. And welcome back to the name. We have a name for our show. It is called Navigate. And uh, we are definitely navigating some difficult times, aren't we, Justin? Absolutely. And I'll say this. I will give you credit (laughs) for coming up with this name, and what a great name for a great time it is. It is. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're excited because we've been navigating through Matthew 24, verse by verse, um, looking at the timeline, looking at some of the the signs uh, and Jesus' remarks. Uh, And now we're going to enter into Matthew 25 like we said we were. Uh, And so we just felt like we wanted to continue to talk about end-time realities. I know Dennis is psyched to talk about current events and and some of the global realities that are mm-hmm. taking place um, and prophetic things that uh, we want to be right on the front lines of to make people aware mm-hmm. uh, and have the body of Christ be prepared. And so we felt like uh, Navigate was, a, was an appropriate uh, title to do that. And so hopefully you guys will be able to uh, catch our videos on YouTube and, uh, and subscribe. And our content is just going to be coming out. Could be weekly, could be sporadic. It just depends when we when we can record. When we feel like the Lord's given us a new uh, subject or topic to talk mm-hmm. about, we'll come and record a session and post it, and uh, go from there. And and also, if you guys have something you want us to talk about, you yeah, know, post great. some comments uh, mm-hmm. or you know, contact us and let us know. And we'd love to be able to cover some of that. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I had in my mind when we started this that we'd do a few weeks, like you know, two or three sessions on. On Matthew 24, they were going to jump into Matthew 25. Remember, I was all about Matthew 25, <laughs> but I had no idea we were going to spend at such a great time. It was, mm, it was just to uh, be in Matthew 24. We skipped around over, so added some Daniel to it, and mm-hmm. a couple of hints on Revelation, which we're going to end up getting there one of these days. Yes, but we cannot neglect Matthew 25. I mean, Jesus. Um, was asked by his disciples, tell us how we're going to know that the last days are going to get here. Well, Jesus took opportunity to tell them, and he made some very specific signs. He laid them all out in Matthew 24, and we're not going to spend much time at all going back with all of that. But um, he did give us some admonition at Mm -hmm. the end of all this. Mm -hmm. He said, in other words, I'm not just telling you this so you can mark this down. Hmm, That'll be an interesting time. Mm -hmm. No, with, with those signs come... Let's just, I don't know what else to say, come from responsibility for the believer mm-hmm. that we have to, to take on because we are his representation here on this earth, and we're communicating the mind and the will and the movement of heaven on this planet. So when these signs are coming, he kind of gave something to us, didn't he, that That's we right. had to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he couches it with these parables that, that he used throughout his ministry, but especially towards the end, mm-hmm. as there were those that uh, the Pharisees and others who were trying to trip him up and, right, right. and really didn't care about finding the truth, actually. Right. They already figured they had it figured out. Right. And uh, so Jesus would, uh, would explain these truths uh, with these parables and illustrate the kingdom, a point about the Father's heart or about how the kingdom operated. Uh, and those with ears to hear who had a spiritual sensitivity who had a hunger mm-hmm. to, and a desire to know God and to know the truth, uh, then they would be able to receive revelation, you know, for it. Whereas the others were like, huh, that's ridiculous. That's whatever. They, you know, kind of like today, right? <laughs> right, right. Just kind of <laughs> right. cast it off. And, uh, and so, yeah, we're going to, the, these parables, like you're saying, he lays out the signs, he lays out what's coming, he lays out uh, what we need to watch for. 
And then he gives us these parables to say, now, here's how you need to prepare. Here's how you should respond. Here's some tips, you know, that I, uh, that I want to give you so that you're going to be able to function, not just survive, but be able to thrive right, and be right. able to be my witness right. and a testimony in the earth when darkness is trying to take over, that light and truth can, can uh, actually pierce through. So It's kind of amazing how when Jesus first came, the religious mind could not put their put the thoughts around who he was. Mm-hmm. And they were the ones that had all the scriptures about it. That's right. You know, and so that's why the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious world today could not recognize who he was. He found him to be offensive. Mm-hmm. And there comes a time in the ministry of Jesus where he absolutely stopped any kind of debate with them whatsoever. At first, he kind of argued with them a little bit. Or they'd banter back and forth, and he'd lay out these truths and always ended up with them being confused because obviously you're not going to confuse the brightest mind mm. the world's ever known. <laughs> and uh, so then he finally just said, you know what? I'm going to start telling more stories. And I <clears throat> believe if you start looking at the parables as they're laid out, you were right when you said toward the end, he just starts really just laying it out there. <laughs> you know, like here is some spiritual truth. So I want to correlate this that just for a second because now it's like, you know, COVID was when we started this, mm. you know, uh, back in May, COVID started in Arkansas here. I guess everywhere, like in March. And <clears throat> to us that look back and are believers and, and the Word of God and all that stuff, we look at that. how could you not recognize who Jesus was, especially with all the knowledge that you had? Mm. But yet here we are close to his second coming. Mm. And you already know where I'm going with this. <laughs> and we have people that still don't see right in front of their face what is going on? Yep, that's so true. And so the word of God is is the same. <clears throat> he was speaking loud and clearly then about his first coming, and it went ahead and through Jesus and the prophets and the apostles, projecting about what's going to happen when he comes back the second time. So here this here we are with the same set of truths, and the first one has come on all those prophecies of how many, what are the odds of a person named Jesus, from Nazareth, being born in Bethlehem, mm-hmm. blah, 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 coming to pass. And then here we are again. It's time to get our ears open, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to look around. And, and obviously, you know, they, we've heard these statements like the, the new normal will, will, will never go back again to whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And people are still not correlating that with the truth that our king is coming, mm. And he said that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And this planet is being shaken like nobody's business. Every week, something unprecedented that's never happened before in our country, in the weather, through politics. Hey, you know what? We're already saying that that we're going to have an extended uh, (laughs) count for the election. We haven't had it yet. Who's ever done that? You know, know, we're not going to know who the president is. What is it even, you know, so it's just crazy what's going on. But yet what bothers me is I still think, I'm not being ugly with this. I'm just saying I hope that more and more people wake up is I don't see their response like I would like to see it. Mm. Still, there's not that, that, oh, my goodness, I need to wake up. And that's what we're going to be talking about because the king is coming. Yeah. And just to kind of put a cap on it, I know you want to probably get into this, but you know, I think what you're saying there is that when there's a shift in the natural, there's a shift in the spirit, yes. right? And yes. I mean, if we're seeing this huge transition and all these different dominoes uh, taking place with COVID and then all the lawlessness and all the different things, like you said, politically and, and globally, 
uh, as the stock market and different things react. China right, right, and others, right. now we're seeing peace deals being brokered that are mm-hmm. unprecedented things right, that we've right. never seen before. Uh, that are just chain reactions that are going to continue to occur. And we talked about the birth pangs being uh, more intense and more frequent right, as things right. go along. And so you would think, like you said, that there would be some sort of alarm clock that that people would start to you know wake up to. But almost like you're saying, in Jesus's day, you had the Pharisees and and, and these, uh, and they became really political in a sense. Yeah, the, the the religious and the political boy. ideologies became so intertwined, and that's what we're seeing that's today. Exactly right. The same sort of blindness and stubbornness right, right. and 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 pride right. and all of that that was going on, like you said, at Jesus's first coming. We're seeing it uh, prior to Jesus's second coming. It's it's uh it's phenomenal, and it's like you said, it's scary. It's it's heartbreaking. Uh, but all the more reason why we need to to dig into the word and and spread the gospel and and tell people, man, Jesus said these things, and here's what we need to do in light of what He said, and in light of what we're seeing, we can't just do business as usual. We right. can't just have church right. and sprinkle a little of this and that. Uh, we we've got to to if we've got to shift, right. you know, right, right, in, right. in our ministry right. and and our prayer and worship, everything else. Uh, we we've got to go with uh, Jesus's leadership and. Uh, and he's taking things to another level. Yeah, I'm telling you, if the, if we us pastors don't shift, how can we expect the people to shift? And uh, we, you know, and I'm not condemning anybody because I, you know, I just praise God. Anybody's preaching the word, but we've got to get off of how to survive COVID mm. and on to maintaining these last days. What's coming on? COVID's just a. I think we mentioned that when we first started. It's mm. just a little burp. <laughs> of, of a pain. And just think May to June to July to August, now September, in four months, we've seen those pains intensify and we've seen those pains getting closer together. Mm-hmm. And that's rather alarming. Four months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you said it again and again, Dennis. Like, who would have thought you know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that this would happen and, and uh, the impact that it would have, uh, you know, not just here. And, uh, and it's still... Especially if you just look at different parts of our nation, different states. You mentioned it, uh, I don't know if it was last Sunday or Sunday before, uh, or if it was in a staff meeting or what, but California is still shut down. They're not having no, school. No, they're, they're not having down. restaurants. Yeah. They're not having anything. Right, right. And so I think the majority of the folks that are still uh, dealing with unemployment, it, it, I want to say it's like 13 million people. That's mm-hmm. all out of California. Right, right. You know, right, right. and you look at some of these other places where it's similar. I think California is probably the most extreme example. But in the other places, businesses can't open because there's rioting and, and they're burning things down. Nobody wants to go and shop somewhere where there's yeah. constant stealing and, and uh, potentially getting shot or, right. you know, whatever it is. Right, and, and uh, we're sitting here, and we'll, I'll go ahead and say, uh, and I hope that the body of Christ rises up because, you know, prayer can change a nation. Prayer can change anything in movements. But if, if, if we don't r- rise up, that all these things in our particular nation, we know ultimately they're going to rise up no matter what our theology is. But, but if we don't do something, what we've seen uh, in our, the, the disruption in our own um, political arena, which has manifested in the streets, the polarization of peoples, yeah. it's just going to increase dramatically because it's just now like in the middle of September or something like that. But before you know it, it'll be, we'll be doing this. It'll be the middle of November, and we're going to have a – we won't even be able to catch up with it. Yeah. The things are happening so quick. Yeah, and the, and the reality is, and we've talked about this over and over, that 
the secular narrative, you know, what's going on in the media, social media, what's being presented that is so uh, deceptive, it's so twisted, it's so packaged, it's so, like you said, polarizing, Mm -hmm. there's an agenda behind it, and it's more clear now than it's ever been. If you ever thought, well, I don't know, that might be a conspiracy, or, you know, I'm not sure about this, I mean... It's out for everybody to see now. Yes, I mean, it's undeniable uh, the way that things are, are, the lines are being drawn in the sand. And so the reality is, is that the only way to fight deception is with truth. That's right. And, and, and we want to have the spirit of truth and the voice of truth go out. And this podcast, this Navigate podcast is one way that, that we're endeavoring to do that. And that's why Matthew 24 is so essential and Matthew 25 linked to it uh, as well. You know, I was telling my wife last night, I once in a while, I like to turn over to the other guys that I'm not politically aligned with, and I, I said, these guys sound like old-time evangelists <laughs> that they don't even believe in. They, they think they're whatever. I mean, they were like right in the face, and I'm not talking about their guests. I'm talking about the person who's supposed to be monitoring and you know, doing everything. Right, I mean, right. red in the face, just upset politically, what's going on, and this and that. And I remember, because I'm an old dude, you know, Walter Cronkite, that's how old I am, <laughs> you know, growing up as a, as a little boy and even all the way through high school. You know, our newscasters were, they were almost, there were some politics, but I don't know there's something behind everything, but for the most part back then, they, were, they seemed to at least be apolitical, mm. but not anymore. So, and, and I think we mentioned, you know, the number one sign that, of these days that we're living in is deception. Now we have, and I said that deception is not necessarily coming from the pulpit, but the biggest prop, lying prophets of the day are the ones that sit behind a microphone, all right, of a news desk. Mm-hmm. And these guys are thundering out satanic lies with vengeance and with, with, with passion because they really do believe the, <coughs> the sure. deception that they're preaching and so we live, uh, again, in an unprecedented day. So let's move into Matthew 25 when Jesus said, okay, all these things are going on. But church, here's where I kind of expect you to be in the midst of this. Hmm. So, yeah, I guess what I wanted to do, I suggested to Dennis that we kind of work through it and because uh, it lays out really nicely almost in a Q&A type of way. Mm-hmm. And we may start out that way, and then we may start to discuss, and who knows where it'll go. <laughs> But we, we had a plan, but things may go in a different direction. But probably need to read it and then go back and, and sort of... Uh, that might be a good idea. <laughs> explain some of it and, uh, and just go from there. So this is what it says in Matthew chapter tw- uh, 25, verse 1. This is uh, the parable of the uh, ten virgins. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven, this is Jesus once again talking to his disciples, uh, will be comparable to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in flasks along with their lamps. Now while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. But at midnight there was a shout, and behold, the bridegroom come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out." But the wise answered, No, there will not be enough for us and you too. Go instead to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they were going away to make the purchase, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast, and the door was shut. Later the other virgins also came, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. 
And then he says this in the last verse here, in verse 13 of this parable, Be on the alert then, for you do not know the day or the hour. <clears throat> so a lot, of, a lot of great information here. I know a Dennis lot. has got a lot of notes, uh, some things that he wants to mention. And right off the bat, we have ten versions. So we have five that are wise and five that are, that are foolish. So Dennis... What do the virgins represent, and what makes the wise wise and the foolish foolish? Well, um, obviously, the virgins are represent the body of Christ. You know, the Bible says that when we, Jesus comes to live inside of us, that we are, we're sanctified, holy. That means we're separated from everybody else. We are looked at upon, in spite of all the sin that we used to walk in or whatever, as being completely set apart mm-hmm. as a chaste bride. There's a good key, King James Version word for you chaste that means holy without blemish without a mark pure uh, pure as, as can be but a virgin is yeah that's right <laughs> but you know there's people in the body of christ that some have some insight and are wiser than others hmm. still part of this body but some you know you don't exercise the amount of wisdom they should a lot so that's what the word virgin's all about right and it's interesting that that jesus would use this particular example this this particular language of mm-hmm virgins and a bridegroom coming. This speaks to the body of Christ and what our identity is, especially in light of him coming as a king, as a bridegroom king. That's right. And he, you know, that's something that uh, we're familiar with, but a lot of the body of Christ is not familiar with the whole theology of a, but we call it the bridegroom theology, because if you look at some of those last few parables, and this is one of them, he starts to talk of himself coming back in terms of being a bridegroom, mm-hmm. and that's a huge revelation. He calls his disciples friends of the bridegroom. Yes, he does. So there's just this, and, and there's no stronger covenant on the planet other than a husband and wife. Mm. You know, Paul himself uses it when he's explaining, talking about marriage and other, and other places over in Galatians where he's talking about relationship and covenant. Mm-hmm. So this whole bridegroom, and and, uh, and we're the we're the bride, this whole real tight, intimate things going on here. So he wants those, those the, the virgin body of Christ that are, are alert and wait, <clears throat> cannot wait for him to get there because it's the ultimate culmination mm. of what their journey on earth began uh, and to walk toward intimacy. Yeah, so back to what you were saying about how we get set apart, we get our sins forgiven, and, uh, you know, God bridges that divide, you know, yes. to where now we can have relationship with him, right relationship where mm-hmm. he imputes his righteousness to right. us. We're made, you know, pure and holy. And so now we can draw near to him. Right. And, right. and that's what he wants. He wants that intimacy, like you said, between a, a, a bride and a, and a husband. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and, and for us to be like even the disciples, he told them, once I'm taken away, then they will mourn, right. right? They would have this love sickness. They would have this ache. They would have this desire to be with me where I am, to be in my presence again directly because I'll be taken away. Right now they can't mourn because I'm with them. Right. And so that's what Jesus was talking about. That's what he desires is a pure spotless bride that is after his heart that's saying, Jesus, we want you to come. We want you as king. Right. And it's, it's, it's interesting to me, like, it, let's look at the virgin part of the body of Christ. And I would say those that have had a genuine born-again experience because they're Bible-believing Christians. And you can't get born again unless you are a Bible-believing Christian. You have to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and all those things, you know, crucified, coming again, and all those things. But what's interesting with, with all that, when I look at the, the what separates the main uh, body of Christ that believes uh, totally in the Word of God is there's the 
we believe the facts and mm -hmm. has all the facts and all the schools to tell you all the facts, which, you know, I'm, not, I'm glad I have. <laughs> I'm a product of one of them, yeah. okay? And then we have another set of the part of the church that, that kind of wants to focus in on the experience of mm -hmm. this, mm -hmm. okay? So it never, was never meant to be either or. The relationship we have with God was never meant to be believe these things about who Jesus is and what he's done. And, hey, we're going to hang out, and he's going to come and get us. Mm -hmm. It's always been about relationship. From mm -hmm. the book of Genesis all the way through, it's about relationship, relationship, relationship. As a matter of fact, I, I have to put this in here because it was such a profound experience I had last week. I was um, uh, talking to this guy, and I knew that he grew up in a very fundamental Baptist church like I did. Nothing wrong with fundamental Baptist church. You know, they had a lot of people born again and saved. And, but... So I was talking to him and, like he was a believer, and in the middle of my discourse about something, he goes, oh, he, goes, he says, I want you to know that I'm not a Christian. And I looked at him like, part of me was like, dang, <laughs> I, I thought you were. But part of me said, I mean, immediately I said, well, why not? <laughs> I mean, like, why not? We've been t we, I've been using, you know, biblical nomenclature this whole time to do therapy with this guy and everything else. And he says, well, I don't know if I believe all that stuff in the Old Testament. It just doesn't make sense how long mankind's been here, dinosaurs, this. Dino I said, you know what? Your salvation has nothing mm -hmm. to do right. with, with, with how long men's been here or, you know, where, when, where the mountains always, was it a young earth, an old earth, you know, six mm -hmm. days, ten days, a thousand days, you know, all that kind of stuff. It has to do with what the Bible says about receiving Christ, mm -hmm. you know, confessing your sin. And he looked at me. I said, well, do you believe who Jesus is? He says, like, of course I do. <laughs> so now I'm almost giggling. <laughs> and I said, okay. And, you, and I gave him down, you know, the four things of the Gospels. Mm. And he said, yes, yes, and yes. So, you know, he's a man. So we just, I said, tell you what, you just repeat these words after me. And he did. And just like that, he, he, he sealed the mm. deal. Mm. But there's... My reason why I brought that all up is because <laughs> this whole thing is not about us believing a certain amount of facts. Yes, we have to believe a certain amount of truths to get into the kingdom of God, but it's always been about from Adam until us till he comes, about us sealing up our relationship that we have with him and growing in it, mm -hmm. knowing who Jesus is, fellowshipping with him. That's why you can't miss somebody you don't know. Right. You, you can't <laughs> miss somebody you don't you know, some great, people, great you're point. glad to go on vacation. You know, you're kind of, you know. <laughs> I remember one time years ago, I was in church. I wasn't the pastor, so this, this wasn't I that said it. Our pastor, he was kind of frustrated at some stuff that was going on. And he said, there could be some blessed deletions in this church. I'll never forget that. He wasn't missing them, but somebody that you love mm. and somebody you just like to hang with, that's the people that you miss, mm. that you have a heart connection with, and that's what we're talking about here. That's good. Yeah, so going on, these, these ten virgins, five wise, five foolish, um, it talks about them taking lamps, mm -hmm. and then the wise actually took another flask with extra oil, and the foolish did not. So, Dennis, why don't you talk to us about lamps and the oil and what that represents? Well, oil is... All the way. I mean, you can start in the Old Testament and go for that one and go through the New Testament. Oil symbolizes the person of the Holy Spirit. He's the author of our relationship we have with God. And I, I, I tell people because, you know, I came out of those 
very conservative type uh, backgrounds that that they only want to talk about Jesus. The Holy Spirit makes them nervous. I said, the Holy Spirit makes you nervous? I said, the only God that you've ever gotten truth from, that you've ever experienced, if you got a goosebump by listening to an old gospel song, or mm. you got blessed by somebody's giving a testimony, mm-hmm. or you had your devotional and truth jumped off the page, that yeah. only came from one person, that's and right. that's the person of the Holy Spirit. That's right. That's good. You know, so if we want to theologize, I don't know why I'm on this donkey tonight, but I'm going to run Somebody it needs to hear it. Uh, you know, we want to theologize the person of the Holy Spirit, or not theology, theologize him out, but maybe minimize him. Mm. We're mistaken because it's the Holy Spirit, it's the oil of who the Holy Spirit is who makes Jesus alive in us that's going to keep us on that line, mm. you know, waiting for his return. So that's the oil is, and then the lamp. Well, a lamp, you know, what's a lamp do? It holds oil. Mm. And the Bible says things like, in these jars of clay or in this earthen vessel, we mm-hmm. have the, a treasure that lives within us. What's that treasure? That's the Spirit of God. That's um, kind of pl- blows my mind mm-hmm. to think that in my earthen vessel with all my weaknesses and my traits and doing this and doing that and constantly <laughs> staying before the Lord because, oops, you mm-hmm. know, that in, I have this deposit yeah. that, that I'm supposed to guard, yeah. you know. Because it's my lifeline. So we mm-hmm. have a we have the Virgin, who's the body of the Christ. We have the oil, who's the person of the Holy Spirit that is God on this earth. And then we have us. That's a container. It's a vessel that we treasure. We treasure it because we don't want to lose the oil. Mm. So good. Um, and I could go off on that too, but I know for the sake of time, we'll, we'll continue to kind of go through. Well, so. I have an idea. <laughs> this is an announcement of an interruption of, of how we're going to do this. I think that let's just stay on these three. Yeah. And then we'll talk about being alert in our next broadcast. Awesome. You want to do that? Yeah, yeah. That's good. Because I saw the twinkle in your eye. I know the twinkle. <laughs> so what did you say what you're going to say about one of these three things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, one of the things that we talked about when we were doing Sunday school and we were doing Secrets of the Secret Place and we got to the chapter on oil, on mm-hmm. buying oil, mm-hmm. We talked about uh, the lamp, sort of talking about ministry, like what we do outwardly, how we serve, mm-hmm. you know, and all this, how we shine our light, mm-hmm. right? And how sometimes we do the bare minimum just so we can have enough oil to do ministry. Mm-hmm. And we don't gather more oil for intimacy purposes right. for Jesus, right? Where we're, we're alone with Him, where it's just between, are we just filling up so we can go and do something for Jesus, or is it enough to be with Jesus, right, and, and get that oil from just sitting, like you said, devotional time, getting revelation out of the Word, sitting You know, in I was street. enjoying this broadcast <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> I'm just joking with you. That's the typical Justin thing, and that's what we need to hear. It's not just to do what God wants us to do. Right. More than that. That was the huge part that convicted me yes, about that chapter. Right. Yes. And, 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 you know, Bob Sorge makes the point. He's like, well, when the ministry time is over, is your flame still burning? Boy, that's right. You know? That's right. And that just, you know, kind of hit me yeah. to the core. Right. Because yeah. as as pastors, as those that are ministers and, and having life and trying to balance all mm-hmm. of that, sometimes it is hard to, right. to uh, not just study so that we can preach or right, study because so, right, we right. got a Wednesday night coming up, you know, right. to, to go the extra mile and to make sure we're having that personal time mm-hmm. where it's not about I've got to get something for somebody else, but right. what does God want to speak to me personally, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being able to find that time and carve it out, you know, exactly. and, and have the same amount of passion and energy in that as we do exactly. with the other right. is difficult yeah. sometimes to 
navigate. Yeah, <laughs> and, and sure. that's good preaching right there, because he wasn't coming back for you know chase ministries, right, or, or chase buildings with Christians in them. We call a church. He was calling. He was that was a call to me and you. This is a passage that directly has to do with this generation. I know this that this uh, p- parable works for every generation that's ever been because the word of God's like that. It's you know no matter where this word will be good. A million years from now, if yeah. I believe the Bible That's is right. correct, because right. it's going to be today, yesterday, and forever. But particularly for this generation, what a challenge that is for us to be so in love with Jesus. And the truth of the matter is, let's just get to the chase before we take, you know, we'll end this one and go to the next one. What keeps us on that line is what you're saying, is us keeping in love with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and there's effort involved yeah. with that, like there is in a relationship with anybody, you know. Um, it is, there's some, there's some labor, but man, the payoff is what we'll do to labor and we'll go to work and we'll get a check and we'll, you know, we'll pinch money to get to do something maybe Mm -hmm. six months or a year from now called vacation. We'll labor intensely for it because it brings satisfaction to our heart. Mm. And so being on this, um, weight, let's call it that, um, in these last days, waiting for him to come, this is not just religious activity that I'm just going to go to church one more time because if I don't, you know, I'm going to miss the coming of Jesus. You know, who knows what's going to happen to me, a bunch of bad things or whatever you're thinking. No, this is a, the polar opposite of that. I've got a lamp. I've got an oil that burns in me the Holy Spirit, and he keeps on drawing me and wooing me. He's relentless mm-hmm. to stay in connection with us and i always get tickled when people say you know you give the devil an inch he'll take a mile i say you give jesus a quarter of an inch and he'll give you a thousand miles Mm. he's so much he has so much passion toward us and there is nothing on this earth and i'll quote my brother on this who um had a life of addiction and a life of sin and and tried it all out there and he said i've done it all but there's nothing that satisfies hmm. my pursuit or my passions than Jesus. So we're not talking about some drudgery. Oh, my gosh, just add this to the list. Now i got to wait for Jesus to come. I mean, right. are you kidding me? No, this is a, something that just you cannot wait to, to, to see your bridegroom God come, the one that's coming in his beauty mm-hmm. and coming in his power and to be ready to unite with him forever. And that's what he's saying in these last days. We're a yeah. bridegroom church mm. what, that's waiting for a, a uh, for the bridegroom God to meet with us. That's what this is all about. And we're going to pursue this um, next week. So I hope I we maybe just um, put a little taste in your mouth um, about the rest of this. Uh, uh, parable. We don't want to go we labor or miss anybody because we're you know they have to go do something legitimate so they don't have time to rest this broadcast. But but wow, w- what a tremendous thing Jesus said with this responsibility. The fact that I'm coming, you have there's a sense of responsibility here, but it's a sense of responsibility that we will enjoy being responsible for. Mm. Okay, so Justin, I've done a lot of talking, <laughs> so I'm gonna let you pray us out. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. Father, we thank you for this time uh, together. You know, it's been a, a a little while since we were able to do this, and so we thank you for it. Uh, yes. It's it's such a, a privilege and an honor to be able to 
uh, to get together like this and to talk about your word um, and have that sense of, of uh, expectancy, to have that sense of your spirit that's breathing uh, on your people and breathing on your word and that's wanting to bring to the surface these things uh, for us to uh, be passionate about, for us to, to be the light, for, for us to, to be salt, um, to take these things um, in our everyday lives. It's not just a church thing. It's not just a ministry thing. This is a personal thing. This is yes. a relationship like Dennis was talking about, and we want to be on fire in our hearts. We don't want to have just a bunch of head knowledge. God, we want to go deep in intimacy with you, and that's the only a way that we're going to have any authority to, to have any sort of power, any, any sort of ability to see a shift or transformation is if we're close to your heart and we're doing things according to your will and your way. And so we want to steward this. We want oil in our lamps. And so, God, we just pray for anybody that's watching this tonight or that's going to watch it in the future, that you will grab a hold of them and they will cry out, even as Dennis was talking about how he was praying with this particular person, that they would begin to cry out, God, I want to know you. I want to be like that pure and spotless bride that you've called me to be. And and I want to to carry my lamp and to carry that that oil and... and, uh, I want to be able to to do what you called me to do. Every one of us has an assignment. We have a purpose. Yes. We have a sphere of influence. We have family. We have friends. Yes. We have work. And all that matters to you, and you want to speak through us. You want us to be the vessels, like Dennis was talking about, that, yes. that we're jars of clay. We're broken. We're messed up, and yet you still use us. You still mm. want to fill us yes. and flow out of us. And so we just ask for that confidence and that comfort, because you are the comforter and you're mm. the counselor right. to your people right now that maybe have never heard about this concept of the Holy Spirit and the bridegroom God and us being this bride that's waiting on you and yet with a purpose we're waiting on you. And so we just ask that your Holy Spirit minister to them right now where they're at and we just look forward to the next time we get to do this and we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See See you next time.